0: This show contains movie spoilers and swearing.
1: Whatever you see in the movies, they don't turn into bats, crosses don't work, garlic? Want to try garlic? You stand there with garlic around your neck. One of these buggers will bend you fucking over and take a walk up your strata chocolata while he's sucking the blood out of your neck, alright? They don't sleep in coffins lined in taffeta. You want to kill one? You drive a wooden stake right through his fucking heart. Sunlight turns them into crispy critters.
0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Cinema, I'm your host RJ McCready, and for this episode we're going to be taking you guys back to a year in 1998 to look at John Carpenter's vampires. So let's play you a trailer and I'll see you soon.
1: Have you ever seen a vampire? Forget whatever you've seen in the movies. It's not like they're seducing everybody in sight with cheesy Euro trash accents, alright? They don't turn into bats. Crosses don't work. If you want to kill one, you drive a wooden stake right through his heart. We think we got a nest inside this place. The chances are we'll find a master in here somewhere. I know your parents were bitten by vampires, and you were raised by the church to be its master slayer. No one knows vampires better than he does. Oh my baby. But he met his match when he met the master who started it all.
0: Jack Cross. He was a priest. It's the first known case of vampirism. The first and most powerful. You are
1: the only one who faced Valak, and survived. The master vampire has a telepathic link with his victims. <laughs> you're going to help us find them. It's a cross. For 600 years, Valek has wanted to live in the daylight. A master vampire able to walk in the sun, unstoppable. Biggest nest of blood-drinking mud as the world has ever known. Time to kill some vampires.
0: Step behind us! Come on! Come on!
1: The master of terror comes a new breed of evil, John Carpenter's vampires. You never told me they could do that. I didn't know they could do that.
0: Welcome back guys, so the synopsis of this film is Recovering from an ambush that killed his entire team A vengeful vampire slayer must retrieve an ancient Catholic relic that, should it be required by vampires, will allow them to walk in sunlight It was a movie that's rated 18 It's got a 6.1 on IMBD It's um, directed by John Carpenter And... As many of you should know by now that John Carpenter is one of my favourite film directors. I'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, quickly shout out the cast here. You've got James Woods, who is the protagonist in this film. Um, he plays Jack, Jack Crow, the vampire hunter. Uh, Daniel Baldwin has his sidekick, Montoya. Cheryl Lee. Uh, Thomas Ian Griffin as Velick. And some of you may know him... Uh, as Terry Silver from the uh, Karate Kid Part 3. Um, and you've also got um, a veteran actor in this, which is Maximilian Schell, who plays Father Adam. And I f- remember him more from the Disney movie The Black Hole. And he plays a bad guy in that as well. So um, that's the cast. It's um, actually based on a novel by John Stakely. It was produced or the investment in this movie was from uh, uh, Storm King Productions and Largo Entertainment with a budget for $20 million. So it's basically a, it's an independent horror movie um, directed by John Carpenter. And let's go back to John Carpenter, to share some undying love that I have for that man <laughs> as a director, some of you may well know. Um, his career took off as an independent film director, I personally think that's where he works his best. Um, started off with um, Dark Star, then he had a massive hit with uh, Halloween, made a whole, whole ton of money, um, wanted to go and make The Fog and Assault and Precinct 13, Escape from New York, The Thing, so he had a run of really good films. Kind of just tailed off a little bit in the 80s, but um, even though he had a, a run of movies that weren't very successful, today they're, they're, they're like cult movies, like um, They Live. Prince of Darkness seems to be doing really well at the moment. It was a film that kind of got panned critically and commercially, but today people are starting to get that film. And then he made um, the Invisible Man movie, Memoirs of the Invisible v- Man. I think he just took that for the, for the money um, because he didn't really stamp his name on that. Um, but, you know, it's still a still good film. And then... Um, kind of got into the 90s i think one of his best films in the 90s was actually in the mouth of madness um then he did ghost of mars with it. that was after this film and oh my God, it's probably the probably my least favorite um john carpenter movie but this film uh vampires it it gets mixed reviews um that's why i thought i'd talk about it today as a um well what I'm supposed to be doing for the show as a bite-size <laughs> episode, for I do like a you know my mini review on this. But um, yeah, it, it's one of those films I feel like I need to talk about um, because I think if we didn't have vampires and it was just sat on the shelf in John Carpenter's office, I think a lot of us would be saying, "Oh my god, that that sounds like a great film," and. It's when you look at it, you think it's like a western. It's like the Wild Bunch. Um, when you talk about the synopsis, you've got a group of vampires, vampire hunters that are um, employed by the Vatican to go and kill the vampires. Um, it all sounds really good on paper, and I think um, I don't know. I've got a few few issues with this film. Um, I think the first twenty minutes is just like awesome, especially where you introduced to. Um, Jack Crow and Montoya, and they're hunting down the vampires. And he says, you know, he's got the binoculars, and he says, looks I can have a new Mexican shithole. when you've got the introduction of Jack Crow. You know, he's a no-nonsense character. Um, and Jack Crow himself, I, I like because he, he he is a archetypical John Carpenter hero, um, up to his head in shit like most of these um, protagonists in these films, Um, holds his own, doesn't take his hand out for anything like that, and I think in this case, um, John Carpenter has taken on the vampire genre by saying, well, if you want to go and hunt something that's vicious, you've got to employ something that's vicious, and I think Jack Crow is that, you know, he's that character he's just as bad as the vampires are and um i've heard a few people um comment on this film saying the only the only bad thing about vampires is that the is that jack crow one there's a little bit of um on the fence response here between whether people actually like this character or not but I, i do i like jack crow in this i kind of kind of get his character and there's a little bit of debate about James Woods himself um, offset as well, but I'll put that one side. Um, but yeah, no, I I like his character. I like his team. Like I say, I think the first 20 minutes of this film is good. Um, uh, I like it when he just opens up the back of the truck and all the, all the vampire hunters come out with all their tools, and then they go to this uh, dilapidated um, house, which looks kind of cool. And then the other thing is you've got here is the soundtrack in this movie, which I think is just killer. It's great. It's like a metal soundtrack. Um, I think John Carpenter's son had something to do that, Cody Carpenter, with the music. And um, they hired a a metal band called the Texas Toad Lickers to um, do the music, um, which was helmed by John Carpenter. That it goes really well you know I love that scene when uh, Jack crow has got his crossbow and he tells the team you know this was the other thing as well it's like um, there is something different in this film which I haven't seen before is where Jack is saying today gentlemen we are running strictly by the book so he has a code of um, conduct which I think is cool and he's he's a leader um, there's a bit where they get up to the door they've got some cool really cool tools here and they you know there's um, one of the one of his men goes up to the door and he just presses squeezes this trigger and he just blows the door off but then Jack says you know this is where he's got his act of leadership he goes right this is my turn he's got his leather gloves on and he leads totally by example he wouldn't ask someone to do something unless he'd, he's happy to do it himself and he does it in this occasion. Uh, reaching your hand into the door for the vampires is risky, but he does it, so that just shows the credit of him being a badass. Um, so, yeah, this is this is good, you know. They're, you know, they're looking... It, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Aliens, you know, where they're just sort of checking all the corners. You get that... Um, I'll call it like that sort of cheap um, horror scene where something jumps out of the cupboard and it's like a dead body. It's a bit of a cheap jump scare, but it's effective. And then you, you're introduced to the vampire straight away, and Montoya has got the car outside where he winches them out into sunlight. So, all the um, methods of killing the vampire in this movie, so that, you know, sunlight does work, um, stake through the heart. And that's something that Jack mentions later on to the um, Father Adam Padre, um, which is quite a funny scene. He says, Forget everything you know about vampires, you know. You put garlic around your head, they will bend you fucking over and kill you. <laughs> he, says, he says, the only way you're going to kill them is a stick a steak right through their fucking heart. Um, and, you know, the vampires in this are quite aggressive as well, which is what John Carpenter wanted. He wanted them to, to be savages. Um, so, yeah, first 20 minutes of this film, everything is working really well. Um, they take on this nest. Um, you've also got a father outside that's blessing it all as well and you find out at this stage of the movie that they are hired by the Vatican so they are basically paid vampire hunters also Jack's got a sense of humour as well there's some funny lines he has in there where one of the vampires burns up and then it just blows up and he comes out and goes I've never seen that before I didn't realise they could do that so um, yeah there's, there's some humour in this as well which I like Um, But then Jack comes away and he's a little bit unsure because he's thinking there's something not right about this today. Um, I thought the the head vampire was going to be in there. And he is actually a professional. He's thinking if we come away and we let our guard down, we could be in trouble. But uh, you you move on to the next part of the movie. And this is kind of where the film just dips a little bit for me, really, because it just feels a little bit sleazy. Um, They spend some time with some, some prostitutes. Um, the team gets wiped out by Valik, who is the head vampire who they didn't manage to kill um, so you get the a scene now where his entire team gets wiped out and all that remains is Jack Crow that comes out um, with like a huge explosion in the background and um, Montoya survives as well so now, you, now you've only got like two um remaining characters here, which is kind of typical of a John Carpenter movie, I think, because this is where JC has kind of turned the screws on on our characters and you kind of see that in um other movies that he's produced, you know, where, you know, the shit hits the fan and and you kind of get to that final third of the movie where you think, "Oh, are heroes in this movie going to make it or not?" And you do see that in you know films like The Fog and especially The The Thing, even Escape from New York. Um, so yeah, no, it's it's a good formula. All The formulas are there. Um, like I say, it, it's, it's it's a funny film. I can't sometimes put my finger on it with um, vampires, but it's sometimes means you can't explain i should be able to just sort of bring something to say to the table to explain why but um (laughs) i can't in this case um but it's you know you know the good things are it it does actually move at a pace you know it is predominantly a road movie i suppose you could say and um i think it probably goes back to where at the beginning, I saw those. I saw his gang of vampire hunters, and I probably would have liked to have seen the film with all those in it. But I suppose you know, uh, going back to the formula of like JC, it's all about let's strip our main character of all his uh, resources and uh, let him deal with this shit on his own, uh, which is predominantly what this film is all about. Um, so yeah, let's move. Let's move on with the story. So um, there's something else I haven't seen here, which is kind of cool, is where. Uh, the prostitute Katrina she gets bitten by Valak but she doesn't get completely turned and they basically use her to try and find Valak which um, again is something different in this movie and then um, James Wood goes to see uh, the Vatican which is the Maximilian Schell um, character and you soon find out that he is up to no good he's basically double crossing the team he has a lot to do with the reason why they were double crossed um because he's basically saying i'm getting older and i'm beginning to feel like i'm going you know i'm getting closer to death and he's thinking actually it might be a good idea that i become a vampire myself and maybe i'm on the wrong side so you've got the double cross there as well um one of the one of the characters i do like in this is actually um father adam padre um you do focus on his story because he is new to the Jack Crow, Crow team and he finds out very <laughs> very early on that um, Jack Crow is a bit of a nasty character really and he's, he's a bit of a tough guy to try and work with but then uh, the development between these characters grows throughout this movie and it becomes Father Adam uh, becoming a badass by the end of the movie. So then moving on, you've got the Vanek. he resurrects fellow vampires, he slaughters a, a monastery, he comes across the Relic, which is the, uh, I think it's got like the Black Cross, which will enable them to walk um, on Earth during the sunlight, which is going to be a problem for the human race. Um, so you kind of got like a bit of an end of the world scenario here. Um, as I mentioned earlier, you get a scene here where uh, Jack Crow is explaining to Father Adam that You know, if you want to kill a vampire, you basically stick a wooden stake straight through his fucking heart. Um, So there's no messing about there. And then um, as you're moving towards the uh, final third half of this movie, um, Jack gets captured by Valak. And he gets used for a ritual. Um, So he basically needs the blood of a crusader. Uh, to perform this ritual so then they have the cross so then they can walk throughout um, the the daylight and you know again you've got um, some funny one liners here from Jack Crow where he's kind of basically you know talking to Valak and he says listen Valak even after like 800 years you still got a little bit of wood in that mahogany there you're still able to get like a hard on <laughs> you know what I mean so, um, that was cool that was good I liked that um and then Montoya gets bitten by Katrina, so he is then turning into a vampire himself. But then he he still raises the bar because he comes to rescue um Jack Crow whilst he's tied to the cross, so he comes in guns blazing, so you kinda got this like final shootout. And then you got Father Adam who comes to Jack's rescue as well, and by this point this is where Jack Crow is kind of warming to him and he's saying, Yeah, go on, go on, um Padre. You take him on. Um, and then Jack uh, eventually kills Valick um, with the cross he, he impounds him and then the sun, sun rises and he puts him out into the sunlight And then he burns up into crispy critters as, as he says um, So by the end of this movie he manages to save the day But then you do you do get left on a little bit of a uh, John Carpenter cliffhanger um, where Montoya and Katrina kind of like formed a relationship. they both turned into vampires, but um, this is where Jack Crow comes out. He's got like a little bit of um, sympathy from both, and he says that you know you saved my life, so I'm, in in return I'm going to give you two day head start. And this is this always makes me laugh because there's a line now that Jack Crow uses which. Everybody thinks it was used um, for the first time in Taken, but Jack Crow actually comes out and says it. Um, he says, "I'm going to give you a two-day head start, but let me tell you this: I will find you, I will hunt you down, and I will kill you." So there you go. It's you know Jack Crow said it before um, Liam Meeson did in Taken. So yeah, just a little bit of trivia there. Um, and then that's how the film ends. So you know he saved the day. Um, it's kind, like I say, it's kind of left on a little bit of a cliffhanger, and then you've got the um, final credits with the uh, Texas Toad totally, uh Liquors song, uh, which is pretty cool. So yeah, you know, that's vampires. That's it in a, you know a bite-sized sort of way. Um, I think it's just uh, you know I've done this episode today because I think there's a there's there's a good film there somewhere. I can't help myself with vampires. I keep picking it up and. I think John Carpenter's done it because it's probably the closest one he's done to a western. Um, I think he said himself is basically the wild bunch with vampires, which is pretty cool. It's, I think it's great that van, um, John Carpenter has done a film with vampires in it. Um, I think if he hadn't have done it, I think we would probably all be saying today, wouldn't it be cool if John Carpenter did um, a vampire film? Um, I like James Woods in this film. Um, I think he's cool. I think he is that archetypical uh, John Carpenter character. He's badass. He's got some good one liners. Um, he doesn't take any shit. Um, he'd probably be the bloke that I'd want to be rescued if I was taken by vampires um, myself. You know, he's got a little bit of a sense of humour about him. So it, it was good for James Woods because I think this is the um, first time that he's actually taken on that type of lead action hero character because i think he usually plays like a um someone in a suit like a lawyer or something like that um the music's really good it does go at a pace like i say there's a few little issues i have with this film here and there um and not to forget the film actually had its budget um cut down uh, I think it only ended up with one third of the original budget so that might have had something to do with the way the, the story was told here um, and the other thing is just you know like a little bit of trivia John Carpenter actually got on well with um, James Woods on set so I guess a pair of them had like a, a mutual understanding I guess you know um, as creators and him being an actor Um the other thing is uh, Bruce Campbell was going to play Montoya that's who they had in mind for that character so I think that might have made the film a little bit different with him on board um, I think he, he probably would have stolen the show um, so yeah there you go that's that's my take on, on vampires uh, go check it out like I say there's, there's some good bits in this film uh, as I said at the beginning I think the first 20 minutes is just awesome Um and the third act is pretty good. It's just the middle act; it just could have done. I don't know, like I say, I can't explain it. It's just some. Sometimes you can't. But there's. It's got a good, good beginning. Uh, the final act is pretty cool. Um, like I say, where Padre steps up. Uh, the music's really good in it. So um, there, there's some good. There's there's more good than bad with this film. Um, but yeah, go and check it out if you haven't seen it have a look, it's worth watching because it's a John Carpenter movie Um, it actually made some money as well, so this and In the Mouth of Madness I think were two of uh, John Carpenter's most successful movies in the 90s Um, so there you go guys Um, hope you enjoyed the episode, that's my little spin on vampires Um, just before I close the show still a little bit of admin, so I am a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network so please go and check out all the other shows on there we have had a very busy month in October um, so uh, everybody's had a whole ton of fun with that um, getting on board with episodes and stuff like that and you know for the Legion podcast it is our um, Halloween month which is what we're predominantly all about being like um, a horror podcast basically with Legion. Um, so everybody's had some fun there um check out my other show which is the mystery vault podcast so i've got a new episode i'll tell you something now i'm literally going to finish this and then jump on to record uh the legend of sleepy hollow so i thought i'd let you in on that that's what i'm going to be doing in a minute so that will be coming very soon um and what's coming up for the show i've got some really exciting news um and this is all now official now because we've got a recording date i have got uh, Mr. CJ Graham coming onto the show, who played Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th, part six. Um, he's going to come onto the show to tell me about the, the greatness of that film, so I'm super excited about that. Um, I've also got a special effects makeup artist coming onto the show as well, which I'll be recording next week, which is um, Alan A. A. Payne. And boy, has he done some movies, he's done 200 plus movies. He's been involved with Marville. He works with Samuel Jackson, Mark Wahlberg. Um, he did some classics in the 80s, such as Return of the Living Dead, Friday the 13th. So I'm going to look forward to talking to him about that. And that's the other thing with um, size. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of varying up the show. So um, every now and again, you get a, um, an episode like this, where um, I do like a mini review. And then I'll, I'll have... Um, some of my fellow uh, Legion podcasters come and join me on the show, which is fantastic. I love all that. I think um, Dan Bone will be coming back to the show as well after um, him being away looking after his, his twins, and he's doing a fantastic job of that as well. And like I say, I'm, I'm sort of pushing the show into trying to get some um, actors, directors, and some, like I say, makeup artists, stuntmen, sort of guys that. Work behind the lines so yeah I'm just trying to sort of push the show push the boat out a little bit so there's some um, exciting stuff coming up for you guys all you listeners out there <laughs> um, so where can you find the shows on iTunes Spotify YouTube the usual places um, most listening platforms out there if you put in bite-sized cinema podcast into Google and that's it guys so there you go uh, as always Keep it bite-sized, keep it safe, and I'll see you soon.